Hi guys, and welcome to the GTG Performance Podcast. So this time we've got our first guest on today, which is Robert Love. Uh, so uh, Robert is a powerlifter who's competed at a very high level, um, including uh, World Powerlifting Championships, European Championships, and Commonwealth, um, with a PB, um, our best lifts of uh, squat 285 bench 165 and deadlift 267 kilos raw and single ply 332.5 kilo squat 220.5 kilo bench and 290 kilo deadlift all done in the 93 kilo category under ipf rules so to say that he is strong would be an understatement. So today we're just going to ask Rob a bunch of questions, find out what his lifting experience is like, just kind of get a sense of what it's like to compete at that level, those kind of weights, and uh, yeah, just get some information off of him. So hope you enjoy the episode. Uh, Rob, so uh, first off, thanks for coming on our podcast so we can basically just pick your brain and um, ask a uh, ask some questions about what it's like to be considerably stronger than any of us uh, can, can, can comprehend. Um, so um, you're saying that basically you, you are back like training at the minute and kind of getting ready for like a, a in-house competition? Yeah, basically I kind of took a, another break, if you want to put it that way. Uh, I changed, changed jobs, so I was... Just really started back maybe four or five weeks ago. Wasn't planning to do anything. I'm kind of looking at maybe some of here. Uh, so then stupidly, I get to say, oh, there's a club show happening, Robert. You want to join it? No, no, I'll do it. I'll do this club show. Goes, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. So, so I went from kind of doing, I went from doing tens, sets of ten, to... Near my, ah, you laugh. I see you. Back to where I used to be before I before I took a break. Right. So, to the least, my legs are in absolute agony today because it was just a bit of squat. So, I'm truly saying that it's that's an all go. I've got slippers on today. <laughs> Climbing the set of stairs, everything. It's like uh, I'm, I'm sitting on the stairs. I'm sitting in the stairs, climbing them. I've like one step at a time. <laughs> on the bum, hands and knees. <laughs> <laughs> um. So basically, saying like I think going on, um, yeah, open part of the website. Like it comes up that you have have like a good like thirty eight competitions under your belt. That you've done. So, right eye. And then we'll have a check and see what the uh, the the maxes are. So, to see if this is is right, it's the your best raw lifts are squat two at five, bench one six five, and deadlift two six seven, and then equipped single ply is three hundred thirty two point five, squat two hundred two point five. Bench and two ninety deadlift. Yep, that sounds about right. Aye, aye. Many moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> Many moons ago. <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. And then um, after taking like a bit of a hiatus, sort of, what are you? What are you on to at the minute? Come on back. Like, what's it been like trying to get back to lifting heavy? 
Well, coming back, I was doing uh, triples with 230 Quite in the squat. Good. Uh, and then Ben was doing triples with 140. And Dev last week was the same as the squat. So I'm pretty much back to where I was. But my body's telling me to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like how you guys just come back to doing like T30. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just after your like, couple of weeks of training, right? That's not even... Uh-huh. So that's like your baseline strength. That's your, that's just there. That strength just stays with you. To be honest, I, I, because I'd say it was muscle memory. Uh, I just put it into sheer stupidity. If I was doing up training myself, I certainly would not put those, those kind of numbers. But like, uh, because I've got guys in about me, pushing me, that makes all the difference. And I'm one of these guys where I'm always in competition. If I see somebody doing my before reps, I need to do five. And I got that. And it can, that's, that's the way we work in, in the gym. Yeah. But I see two, 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 two people are on like 160. Uh, one person does six reps, even though they're only supposed to do five. The next mm-hmm. person will probably try and do seven or eight just to try and push on the next guy. So it, kind of, it, it works out better for, for everybody. So it nice. does. Nice. So, because down at um, Kilmarnock Gym, where um, there's a lot of weightlifters as well, like I know there's the YouTube videos that you used to see come up where you guys basically the first person to get to like a 300 squat and things like this. So, do you, do you end up basically competing with the weightlifters when it comes to. It used to be. There used to be a kind of in club competition between me and Peter Kibride, yeah. the lifter. Uh, it was always, he would, he would challenge me to a squat challenge, and then I would beat his, and then he'd go and beat mine. And he entered a club show, I'm guessing about four or five years ago. I actually put it on Facebook. Uh, he squatted something along the lines of 285 kilos raw. Uh, and he went for the bench press, and can you bench 70 kilos? Yeah, yeah. Who's not bench 70 kilos? <laughs> That's wild. And I, and I was actually like, like I'm, going to, I'm going to get my ass handed to me in a plate here. And he's, he's part of the area. He's a lot younger than me. Uh, but, well, right, I'm going to open up the 120 kilos in the bench. It's just a club show. So that's fine. And then Peter said, I open up the 120 kilos and I watched him in the warm-up and he got to 50 kilo and I'm you know, one of those ones where it grinds yeah, and yeah. it gets and it stops, and then you can just see it, just we're going to get it. Eventually, I think it, I think it goes 65 kilo in that, in that club show. <laughs> I just couldn't yeah. believe it. This guy's chucking 200 kilos above his head, yeah, easily, and he kind of bench press 70 kilo. <laughs> That's wild. That's- that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I struggle to see how that works. Surely. Weightlifting has a lot to do with speed and getting the joints locked in place. See the minute you see the minute a weightlifter unlocks the joints, forget it. <laughs> they just can't do it. <laughs> I see them. I, I see them every time I'm in, and the speed of them getting that weight above above their head is phenomenal. I, mm. I tried it. I tried. No, I've broken shins. Broken my chin. Just no, <laughs> but these guys are so technically sound. 
putting the weight above their head and getting their elbows locked in place. Mm. The minute they actually have to lock, unlock their elbows, they have no arm strength whatsoever. <laughs> There's nothing there. <laughs> That's mental. Like uh, I think it. I think I remember seeing one of the videos on that actually of him. Something similar to I think he did a part of the competition and it was really big squats, really good deadlift, but his bench was hardly anything and it was insane for a guy that we had such a massive clean and jerk and he chucked like you know a lot above his head. I've seen him like I've seen him loading up two hundred kilos in one of the blocks for power cleans and power uh power jets mm-hmm. and He's doing reps, he's doing like five, six reps to be. Me and you would do like a warm up for a bench. He's doing that rapid, and then you stick him on the bench, lying flat, and tell him, tell him to bench 70 kilos, and it's like, nah, better rescue him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, badness. Um, so then, like, at the minute down, then in, in the gym down in um, uh, Chuck Hamilton's gym. Is there still a lot of weightlifters there, or what's the current setup like in terms of how competitive it is? Is there a lot of new lifters, or, or what's the current setup? There is a lot of new lifters, and there's a lot of, we've actually got a lot of lifters coming, crossing over from CrossFit. Oh, really? Uh, they're coming over to do the weightlifting now. Because I think a lot of them had, some of the weightlifters had tried CrossFit, yeah. and they were getting, believe it or not, I know it's no Georgie. Uh, she she lived at the Commonwealth in Glasgow. Uh, she she went over to try CrossFit for a wee while, and she did a, a CrossFit competition. And they were doing what, doing jerks. And you would think with Georgie, she would get everyone right, mm-hmm. and they were failing hers. No, and she kept saying to the ref, <laughs> "What do you mean I didn't do it right? Which one I did it? Right? <laughs> I did it. I did it you we get a lot of guys with CrossFit coming over. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of, lot of new news lifters, but we're still getting a lot of the kind of older lifters like Dale and Pete Carpe. They're still doing the weightlifting. As I say, they're getting Peter. I've not seen Peter for a good few years now, but. Because the uh, funding got stopped for the for the Olympics, yeah, he was he was the very first full time weightlifter. Yeah, uh, because the funding got stopped, he had to then go find a job, obviously to pay bills and that. Yeah, and he found he found it hard, uh, kind of juggling a full time job and training. Yeah, he's went for like he went for training twice a week, twice a day, uh, maybe three or four times a week. He actually having to work five days a week and training three times. Times a week, along with that, and he just it took a lot of them. Yeah, but I, I heard he moved. I heard he moved up to Glasgow somewhere. He's up in Glasgow somewhere. Oh really? Uh, he's found the, the gym, and he's been posting videos, and I think he done a hundred and fifty snatch. Like it was nothing. He's he's not been training for from the Olympics. No, sorry, to the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow. In two thousand. No uh, he's no trained. He, he gave it up really. Because he bombed it, uh, I think it kind of disheartened him, kind of sickened him. Yeah. So he gave it up, found a job, and I'm just starting to really come back in it. And he's, he's, been, he's been mentioning me in some of these sports. 
just to let me, just to, just to keep me mind that he's still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if you have to do the same. <laughs> so, whenever you like, when you start, when you started to get into um, powerlifting yourself and weightlifting, what what age did you begin up? I was 15, 16 at the time, so I was uh, just recently kind of thinking about leaving school. So, but I had been bullied all the way through school, right from primary, right through secondary. Confidence was low and things like that. Mm. So, my mum, she, she worked beside, well, you, you came my coach, Wally. Uh, his ex wife, she worked beside my mum, and my mum was telling her about it. And I was upstairs. Typical teenager playing the playing the PlayStation, the first one that came out, you know. Playing <laughs> 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 play, play the PlayStation, and my mum shouted at me down and she says, "How do you fancy going to the gym?" I was like, oh, I'll, "I'll get a go." And was in the end, met Binky. And that first night, I was squatting 60, 60 kilos uh, for five set of fives. It was me and another fella. Uh, he was he used, he worked in the oil rigs. He lasted that night. He he never come back. But I had got the paper. Nice. And, and Binky said he says your squat technique's perfect. They just keep adding weight on the way Binky does. The way Wally does just keep adding weight on. It got to about sixty five where I actually started to you what know, if you like kind of like oh whoa. <laughs> so uh, that's that's really the kind of kind of time time I got into for a lot Coming back and then that was it. So did you did you basically was was uh, Willie the first Willie Lincoln the first person that you came across and the first coach basically? Aye, aye. Uh, when I when I went, he was training with a load of other guys like Arthur Cowley, last uh, Christine Jordan at the time she's Christine Gregner, uh, folk like that. Uh, so I can't Arthur for yeah Arthur's known me for a start as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Wally was the first one to take me under his wing and he was there for a good 20 odd years 25 years we don't talk to one another because we had a big fallout years ago really? uh, maybe four or five aye see what <laughs> Wally's way of no way and it wasn't even nothing to do with Paul often it was like I was trying I don't know what he, I was trying to fix his van for him and he was wanting it for nothing and I had a business to run yeah. so basically I gave him a bit Thing, things like that. It's, it's in the past, to be honest. It's, he goes his way, I go mine. Yeah. Hard feelings about it. So, um, Fair enough. eventually it was going. Eventually it was going to come to that, but he, he could see it was kind of notion for powerlifting mm. after the thing. You know, the, the formations we done uh, together in Northern Ireland. He, that was when he was really into it. And he tried to get back into it himself. Yeah. And just years of abusing his body. He was getting right. injured you know, all the time, so that kind of got to the point where he went, ah, not really that fussed about it now. He'd been there and done it, I mean, he was a five times world champion. Yeah, and So, yeah. Then, there, then there and bought a t-shirt, really. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I, that's, he was the very first person to take me under the wing and I've got everything to thank for him, if we're all And even the times where I've been, I took a big long, a big break, about seven years I took off. Yeah, uh, being a junior. Mm-hmm. It was back then. It was like you had juniors and under twenty threes. Right. Then you have sub juniors, you need backside junior kind of thing like that. You didn't yeah. have all these classes. 
Uh, when I stopped being an under 23, that was when I kind of took a big, a big break. Okay. I think it was about six or seven years and come back and it was as if I had left. I think he was just like, oh, you're back. <laughs> right, tens. <laughs> <laughs> tens every time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that basically fits into the, that's the basic thing. My, my strength came from is doing some of the tens. Tens and eight. And then building on that muscle that he's built up doing that. So, aye. Good. Right. Um, so then, see when you when you started off um, and you were lifting and you were a junior. So, like, at what at what period of time or what stage did you like learn that you had like freak strength and that you were a lot stronger than everybody else? Like, when did that begin? To, when did that kick in that you were like, hold on a second, I have three times more in the bar than everybody else does? See, to be honest, I don't actually see myself as having freak strength. I just, <laughs> I just go on. You know, it's, I see guys that are just like, okay, that's, that's impressive. It's, I just think, oh, well, I, I don't get, I mean, a lot of people have said that to me, so how, how are you so strong? And I just think, well, we're just going and do one belt. I just go into the, I just get into the gym. The spotlight says, right, you're doing 10s, right, I'll do 10s. I don't you go in, you're doing eights tonight, and that's final day eights. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a slow process. I've not actually witnessed it myself, but other people have seen it, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's just progressed for that. I mean, the first time I've ever done over 300 sport was, I think, the Commonwealth Championships in Bournemouth. Okay. Which year, that was 2011. And I wasn't even meant to do three, over 300. I think my opener was 290. Uh, and then my second jump was 315 and then my last one was 325 and the highest I'd ever been in the gym was 300 and so even just getting those last two spots in the Commonwealth Championships was I was I was buzzing after the second one I was like <laughs> uh, get, but getting the thing was Willie was, tra- Willie was lifting in that comp as well but he was the the, the half after me so I was before him so when I was squatting he was warming up right so it came to the I'd done my second squat and Wally was warming up and but then he came what I was to pick so Wally goes came up just tell just tell them to be 325 kilos on I was like oh, what <laughs> <laughs> you'll be fine <laughs> you'll be you're, fine. Right. you're not lifting it <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Don't think about it. <laughs> are you quite are you quite good at keeping like the surprise off your face when you come back up with that load? Are you are you quite good at sort of playing it cool like yeah, I knew it was coming back up, or are you like, oh my god, like did I do that? <laughs> I usually once I see the lights, that's when it all and that's when I let it all go out. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people ask me, it's like yeah. How can you focus on on that weight? The best way I can describe a power lifter is you've got to be brain dead. Brain dead. <laughs> cannot think about anything other than it's just a sport. The minute you walk, the minute you think that's three hundred and thirty-five kilos, that's 
so many times in here. That's like squatting so many times in my own body weight. You just think that's that's just starting to put doubt into your mind. Mm. You can't. The best, that's the only way I can describe it is just don't think about anything. I, if you when you see me walking up to the bar, I'm looking at the bar, but that's what I'm doing. There's no nothing running through my head. There's, I'm not thinking right. I need to do this or get it set up or anything like that. I'm just I just walk in there, brain dead. <laughs> I'm like a zombie. One of these just just walk in, lift it. <laughs> just, I cannot. The, the minute I the minute I think about something. That's it. I know it's. I know it's gone. Yeah. It's no. I'm going to be there. So I try not to think about it too much. Um, I mean, I feel like you're being pretty, pretty humble here because. Uh, so you've what competed in uh, the world championships? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of European. There's a lot of opens here. There's Commonwealth, um, and I remember when I started off, like early days in powerlifting, and the first few competitions is you were always the person that had all the records for, for like Britain <laughs> and Scotland. And I was like, "Who is this Robert Love guy?" By the way, it's <laughs> like, why does he have all <laughs> all the records? And um, I like how you just like, oh, you know, I didn't notice I ever have freak strength. I mean, I, I did a lot of sets of 10 as well, and I can't squat 300, so what happened to me? <laughs> I don't know. You maybe have a different diet to me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, because you, you're on the records, like I say, your numbers went like up pretty fast. So you were like 67.5 kilo? category and then 82 and then 90 and when you hit 90 it looked like your numbers started getting pretty crazy right right so when i when i was a junior i was like a 63 kilos that's that was my body weight at junior level and i kept i was worrying so much about but when when over been too, too heavy for my class and willie kept telling me don't worry about your body weight just let it go but i wouldn't i kept holding back holding back and then it just got to a point where I was like twenties, uh, in my twenties, and I thought, I, I'm sick of wearing a bin bag to bed. Yeah, I'm sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of wearing bin bags to bed, walking to my work with bin bag zone, rustling every time I walk. Just been a big, skinny, sweaty mess. Yeah, <laughs> competition was coming up. And I just go, I'm going to let my, my, my weight progress. And the more I let my weight climb up slowly, the more I, the stronger I was getting. Mm. But a lot of people make that mistake of, I need to lift bigger weights, so I need to get heavier. And that's not the case. I used to train my guy, Stevie Mullen, and he was strong. He was the same weight class as me mm. when I come back. And the two of us would like, fight it off again. And it got to the point where he started doing strongman stuff. So he was, he felt he had to get bigger. Mm-hmm. But it didn't suit him. He ended up just fat. <laughs> and <laughs> he ended up fat. <laughs> and I'll tell him that again. <laughs> it didn't really help him because he ended up injuring himself and injuring his back as well. So it didn't really help him. So I, I don't know about it. It seemed to be when I left 82 and a half as well, 
my body weight just seemed to shoot up. I don't know if maybe it's something to do with age. Can you can? I mean, I reached my peak roughly in my mid thirties, but like open level. So I don't know. Me being a masters lifter now, I don't know if it's going to be a. You know, narrowly missed out in a European medal. Uh, when the first one master, mm-hmm. that was 2017, I think. Aye, 2017. I just narrowly missed it in uh, a placing. I think I missed it out in body weight. Uh, but to get a second, I mean, the guy I competed in the masters, he's now paralysed, I'm afraid. But he went for an operation for his hip to get his hips done. Went to Germany to get him done. He's from Sweden. Fantastic laughter. But he went to Sweden to get his hips fixed and right, paralysed. I ended up coming second to him in the sport. And to have him come up and say, kind of like, you scared me. Well, like, can that give you a wee kind of buzz to try and keep going? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like the, the body weight, I'm trying to control it. But right now, <laughs> I'm nearly in triple figures. <laughs> Covid hurt me bad. Nobody else has been hit. I need I need support in my back to carry my belly. Because <laughs> um, when you so when you hit ninety three kilo category, like initially when you shot up to that, did you find that easy enough to maintain, or was this was it? quite hard to then to stay around 93 or was that sort of more of like a comfortable weight or it was more a comfortable weight for me to, to stay at uh, especially with the way I was training it was it was always I'd be weighing in at 94 kilo mm. which is where I wanted to be really when, when I was training because you can lose a kilo overnight mm. uh, but I it certainly felt easier being at 90 kilos it certainly suited me for my height mm. uh, I'm only 5'8 5'7 5'8 so I didn't want it to be too heavy. I felt the eighty twos was just too much. Yeah, it was too much a struggle to try and get back down. Yeah, because my weight would shoot up to maybe eighty six kilos, eighty six, eighty seven kilo, and losing that uh, four kilos just to get back down. I was starting to do the black bag thing all again. <laughs> no, not doing that. Not not <laughs> I like how this is just the way it went. You had to put on a black bag, and that was it. This uh, is, like, is there any other way to lose weight? No, black bag. That's it. No, no, I'm not doing. I'm not changing my diet. I like my chocolate. I like my pizza. I like, <laughs> I like my <laughs> yeah, kebab. <laughs> um, so it's like whenever you were sort of like coming up in body weight and coming up in your 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 lifts, were you were you following any sort of like nutrition plan, were you trying to eat loads? Were you trying to up your calories, or were you just like eating whatever? No, no, <laughs> just no. Just uh, nice. If there's one, one thing I could change was would be my the way I look at my, my things that I eat, and the kind of nutrition side of things. Because I ate everything. I didn't. I, just, I did just eat everything, and then when it came to dieting, then I just had half of what I was eating. Whereas I maybe had a lot of full plate of mince and tatties. I'd only have half a plate of mince and tatties. <laughs> so if I want a kebab, I'd maybe have half a kebab and then I'd maybe have kebab, another bit of the kebab later on that uh, following day. <laughs> so, 
split it into <laughs> but nah, it's I really should have took, paid more attention to the nutrition side of things, but uh, it didn't do me any harm. It, I still, I'm still training the way I am, and don't yeah. hang out a lot of bag on. That's that's the only thing that helped, it made me do so. In fairness, it, it still sounds like a, a better approach than a lot of stuff people are doing now anyway. You know, that's, I mean, it sounds like at least you had some sort of framework. I was like, I'll just eat half of what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> at least there's something to it. Like, um, I need to go to the gist of what I had today. Just didn't eat as much. Yeah. <laughs> less yeah. More. <laughs> eat less <laughs> more often. <laughs> But then, like, so would you, like, I guess, because with all the, the lifting, like, I, I would just imagine you'd have to, you'd have to consume a lot of calories or consume a lot of food just to, like, support the amount of weight that you have in your back all the time. And what it sounds like was a lot of sets of 10. Um, so did you, like, what did you kind of just eat to, like, your appetite? Or, like, did you feel like you're kind of constantly eating? Or, or how did you get the calories in, I guess? Or how did you get the food in? I just, I just kind of ate as if I was hungry. I'd go and have something. I didn't really, I didn't really eat, train. If you like, I know how some people that, oh, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to the gym today. I'm going to have to have loads of carbs, but energy and I have like, my dairy milk. Yeah, <laughs> I love my dairy milk. Here's my, here's my calories right there. <laughs> a dairy milk. To be honest, the. When I went into the gym, there was a there's a bucket, and it was Bob it was Bobby's book bucket. It was called it, it, it's basically my sick bucket because right. it was always inside of the platform. So I didn't see the point in eating hunters because it was going to end up in that bin, and I'm too selfish. I like my food in my belly, not in a bucket. I like my food in my in my in my belly. It's it's fine. It's not to be in, displayed in a bucket. It needs to be. Um, I just. I, oh no, Granny. No, I tried it once. Oh, I need to eat all this or that and all that. No, no. I did. I, I came off from my last set of ten. And in fact, I remember it. I remember it well because it was two hundred kilos, and it was my fifth set of ten. With that weight, my legs were like jelly. I, I put it. I literally launched it back into the rack, uh, and I just collapsed onto my knees, hands and knees, and while I kicked the bucket over, just in time for the bucket and fuey everything that I had in it and my stomach just right into the bucket. And I was more raging at the fact that my dinner was lying in a bucket, knowing my belly. <laughs> I'm never doing this again. Eat it again. <laughs> I'm not letting that go. <laughs> Give me a spoon. Can you imagine how much this would change, like gym culture and what people do if more people trained with the intensity that you do and knew that they were going to vomit at the end of their training session? I knew it was I had my own personalised bucket because they knew how hard that how wrote pencils Bobby's bucket. They stuck it there right beside the platform for me because they knew I was going to be sick at some point or another. Oh, That's many <laughs> <laughs> Rab, uh, how how often would you train that hard? Would you do it quite often, or is it only every now and then? Usually, my sets of, sets of ten would probably happen when there was no qualms. 
see once all, all my comps were, were finished. Usually the way it worked out, the British and things like that end at kind of autumn. We see from, say, August, September time, I would do four or five weeks of tens, and then, say, maybe three, three weeks of eights, and then maybe another three weeks of fives. So I'd be like five set of tens, five set of eights, five set of fives. That would be like my kind of muscle building, as well as put it, my muscle building uh, schedule. And then it would be my strength to build on that muscle. I'd strengthen it up with doing like five set of fives and then work down to five, four, three, two, one. Okay. But I wouldn't be doing singles. I wouldn't be doing any top singles. I've never done top singles in the gym. Never did. The way Wally, the way Wally coached me was singles, top singles are for competitions only. If you're if you're going to do a single well with a weight, you should be using it as a, a warm up or as a feeler, if you like, to where your top weight is going to be. Uh, but never do them as a single. That's you can walk away. So you want to be doing, but my strength said it would be like five fives, uh, five fours, four threes, four, uh, maybe. Three doubles, and then that would be it, really. Uh, then I'd maybe go back to doing another strength, another strength uh, training schedule. Depending on how wicked he was feeling, he would maybe put me back on 10. Just depends. <laughs> if, if all my weight worked easy enough, he would put me back up to 10s. And if, if I go to like the five, like five three, three doubles, three sets of two. If each one of the, the reps looked easy enough, people are like, right, we're not right, just stop, we'll go back to 10s next week. But, oh, great, here we go, back to 10s, back to 8s, 5s, and carried on like that. There was no real, I hear people talking about the the, the five three one schedule and things like that, and I have looked at it, mm-hmm. and I thought, Ken, it's no, no something far off to what I was doing. Um, all what I was doing was changing it a bit and adding, making it 10s, 8s and 5s. So, <laughs> so it's, it, it, it worked out. I hate it doing the volume work yeah. because it was cardio. My lungs were bit, I was more fearful for my lungs. It's just, My lungs were in fire constantly. And then when it came to it, I love doing like, the, the doubles and the other, other threes. In my mind, I'm like, oh, it's only three reps. Right. It's only three reps. And then, but right, when I get to like, maybe doing triples, when I was doing a quick, quick lifting, that's when I would start putting suits on. So, when I said I'm maybe, that was when I knew I was in for a short time, it was like, doctor chamber. Yeah, so, it maybe get to fear, I would think I would be going into doing 280 for a triple. No one Wally's head, Wally's just went, nah, you're doing 300. He's just like, I'm just sticking a 20 kilos on for him. He'll be fine. Man, just, never mind, Robert, just listen to me. Just stick 300 on, he'll do it. And to be fair, it worked out because I never thought about it. So I'm saying, going back to this brain dead power lifter. I'm yeah. a brain dead power lifter. I never thought, and I've seen me actually, in my mind, I know it's 300. But when my back's turned, I'm maybe chalking up my hands. Uh, he stuck another two and a half kilos on it without me noticing. Then he took the collars back off, he stuck a wee two and a half disc on each side and turned it into 305 kilos. <laughs> so <laughs> I went, I went from 
went from me thinking I'm doing triples with 300 to after doing triples with 305 and then can't understand why my legs are buckling after the second rep, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's the I've been coached, so that's the way I prefer it. I don't, I, I don't like numbers. I don't like to hear. I don't like to hear what I'm doing, especially when it comes to comps. I mean that what that uh, formation that you and I were at. Yeah. Uh, I remember I'd done my squat, I'd done my bench, and I was I was the last person to go on the deadlift, mm-hmm. and. You know Bernie. Yeah. Bernie gets so excited. Bernie gets so excited and he's super buzzing. And he keeps mentioning me as like, oh Bernie, just shut up, just shut up. He's sitting beside me and he's he's grabbing me by the shoulder and he's going, like, Oh, come on, come on. Well, you're going for the three hundred. I was like, Oh fucking great. No, <laughs> no. I didn't need to know. I <laughs> shut up. <laughs> and Somebody had, somebody had sat on the other side of me to try to keep me calm. He said, Bernie, shh, shh, shut up. <laughs> you just want to hear my mouth. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but Bernie gets so excited about it. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't like to hear numbers. Near a day. I really don't. It's just that uh, it messes with my mind. Yeah, yeah. So it does. Did uh did Willie do that with with everyone or did he just do that with you specifically? Like not tell the numbers well, or just do that with everyone? He never told he, he didn't tell everybody. He didn't tell anybody about the numbers. <laughs> so that 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 competition, I don't know, was he coaching you at that comp? At the comp? Uh he gave me some feedback. You know what you know, he actually did at that comp, which I uh on these guys about at one point so you know everybody has like their their rituals before the lift and different things you do mm-hmm. i always used to like getting like thumped in the back of the head and um right. always like someone just like cracked me in the back of the head and a lot of the times uh, like in a competition saying to someone would you hit me in the back of the head and they'd just be like kind of a wee bit like kind of like light with it they're like no like crack me properly and i said to willie at that competition i was like could you hit me in the back of the head it was like yeah i can <laughs> basically beat the crap out of me <laughs> i went to the platform going jesus man <laughs> i was like he got stuck in he took that seriously didn't he i was like he enjoyed that didn't he? <laughs> I, he doesn't mess. He doesn't mess about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I could um, slap in the face. I, he slapped me in the face one day, and I, I could see stars as I was walking out to the platform. Holy! Why? Why? Why did you get that? But did you get the love? I he walked away. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you slap me so hard in the face? Did you get the lift? Aye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't. He wasn't doing too much at at, at that camp. Bits and pieces, just sort of being pretty helpful and, and in terms of losing oh, the place like this. But no, he was pretty good. Aye. Aye. Yeah. He likes more of the kind of the equip side of things because that's what he was. He was an equip lifter. Mm. And you know, he just loved the big weights. Okay, he just loved watching guys, like these skinny guys, lifting bigger weights than them. Okay, mm. and he, I remember being in the eighty-two and a half kilo class along with him, and me and him did a competition, and he beat me by two and a half kilos. My coach beat me by two and a half kilos, and he never, ever to this day 
will never let me let that love that down. Because <laughs> he come down, it was, like, it was a banquet we went to, and I remember we were driving, we drove on a minibus down to Waterford, and it was a kind of Scotland versus uh, Ireland. Mm-hmm. So we drove down to Waterford, and we had the competition, and he beat me with two and a half kilos, and he comes downstairs for the banquet, and he's got two and a half kilos, 2.5 kilograms mascarid onto his forehead, <laughs> and then he's got mascarid. And he had it started, he had a lipstick onto his bum cheeks. And later on that night, we were all done, and we put him in And there it was, I beat Rab by two and a half kilograms. I was like, oh, I'm going to my bed. I'm going to my bed. <laughs> I've had enough. <laughs> That's the kind of character he was. Mental. <laughs> Some guy. But I, he doesn't he did did hold back way. Psyching you up. If you tell him today, someone will do it. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. your worst mistake was yeah. the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> you enjoy it as well. It was effective. Like it That's crazy. Um, so the so see the, the the training cycles that you did you did. So you were saying like you think like a lot of your strength was down to doing doing tens. Um, do you? Uh, what is like how much of that is the fact that I don't know, tens are brutal and like just trying to survive five sets of ten just makes you like appreciate like doing threes and doing twos and it kinda gets you hardened or or what do you what like what do you think like the tens were the most important part or why did you think like your strength was built in tens? The tens I knew you had to build muscle to get to make it stronger. Yeah. So I knew I knew at the at the time that I was going to get stronger by doing the tens, but it made me appreciate more the heavier weight when you're doing threes. Because when you're doing tens, you get to that certain stage. There's it maybe be a seventh rep, but it then starts. You start to feel, oh, oh have I got another three in me? And that's where you've heard the you've heard the saying, yeah, driving out the hole. When you're, when you're in a squat, the hardest bit is driving out the hole, and that's where it really kicks in when you're doing the tens. I feel anyway, because uh, when you're tired, you're maybe doing seven reps, and you're really you've got three left to do. You can actually feel you can feel yourself. What's the drive? Your technique might not be the not be the nicest, mm-hmm. and that's where you've got to watch in case you injure yourself, especially your back. Mm-hmm. But if you keep yourself tight enough. You'll, you you feel your, you feel the muscles burning, and you know within yourself that it is working. Yeah. Uh, and then when it comes to threes, you think, oh yeah, I've, I've only got three reps. It's no tens. Yeah. I know when I was doing tens, you get to five and you are, like, Jesus Christ, I'm only halfway. Again. <laughs> 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 uh, and it's the same when you're doing eights. You get to four, you think, oh, that's me only halfway. <laughs> yeah, but at least when you're doing like threes, you get to two and you think, "Oh, I've only one more to do." You you, you never think that. Uh, you never think that like, when you're doing tens, it's never five more to do. It's Christ, I'm only halfway. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to like, doing the threes, it's like, oh, "I've only got one left to do," or "I've only got two left to do." And so you do appreciate it more, and it really helps you 
when you're struggling with the 10s, like your last three what, reps, your last set, what, maybe the last three, it builds you up for having to control the weight, the heavier weight when you're doing threes. Mm-hmm. Because the, the heavier the weight is, obviously, it's going to burn you quicker. Mm-hmm. So it is. So you go to it, it, it helps you kind of build up. You, you get the same feeling when you when you get your seventh, seventh rep. It's what you do when you're the first or second rep when you're doing threes or heavy weight. You, yeah. you feel the same, especially driving at the hole or when you're deadlifting and you get to the knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just depends on what way you're and If you find it difficult, you'll feel, you feel the strength kicking in and you're really struggling. Yeah. So see, like, see when you were at that point and say you were your last three three reps of it, like fifth set of ten, where I see that part's pretty pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you? How did did you running you used to try and maintain your your former technique at that point? Because like I say, if it if it completely disintegrates, then the likelihood of injury gets higher. So did you have any way of kind of keeping it keeping it together? I, I I didn't really focus much on the weight. I, I tend to keep my I focus more on my, my technique. I, I, that's if I'm not going to get it, I'm not going to get it. That's what the orders are there for. I mean, I, when I'm in the gym, I hundred percent uh, rely on the orders, mm-hmm. and I can trust I can trust them with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and that's why I do do the, the sets of tens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tend to focus more on technique. And try and keep my back straight and keep everything tight. If I'm going to bend over, I'm going. To, I, I just shout if I'm to take it, and I know they're going to be there to grab it. Uh, but I just keep training till I feel. Like the tens, I've seen me do maybe doing three sets of tens when it gets when it gets a bit heavier, and on my fourth set, I maybe get three reps mm-hmm. because my legs are so bumping it. Mm-hmm. I just think no, I'll, I'll, I'll try a fourth one. And they'll catch it. But as long as I'm, as long as I keep my technique proper, I know I'm not going to get hurt. It's the ones, it's the people that go for the reps, and they don't, they don't focus on the technique, and then they can't understand why they're only, they've only been lifting for about a year, and then suddenly they've got a sore back. Yeah, yeah. And they're having to, they're having to find another sport because their back shot to pieces because they've not been focusing on the technique. They've been more focused. I've been more focused on the weight, again, or can, yes. So I'd, I would rather fail on being tens, maybe a six rep, is, but knowing that my technique was right, than do ten reps with maybe say seven. Seven of my reps were fine, and the last three were good mornings because I couldn't. <laughs> and I'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rather fail as long as my technique was right, again. So, I'd, I'd, I'd say focus on your technique more than the weight, especially yeah. because you, you will burn it quick. You will burn it. That's um, that's really interesting. See, see, with that part, see, learning that, like, because the weight part, like, that's not something that most people pick up. I didn't pick that up. Like, I learned that one the hard way. Um, did you? Uh, was that like? The other lifters' influence and Willie's influence, or did you just kind of figure that one out yourself? No, oh, I was I was Willie's dog, didn't he, Willie? Willie was not he wasn't interested in the weight I could lift. He was more interested in the way I lifted it. He says his first words were to me, "If your technique's right, the weight will come." 
the big weights will come wrong is you need to keep your technique proper set right. There's no point me adding weight on and you maybe do two reps, perfect, and then if you're doing a set of five, three reps, you're all over the place, your head's doing your chest is sunk in. It says you need to keep your back straight and because technique is the most important thing of a life. Because mm-hmm. you can't you build on your strength if your technique's all over the place. Yeah. I've seen I've seen guys squatting. I mean, the guy I showed me Arthur, he does squat, but he tends to, because he's low bar, mm-hmm. he tends to lean over sometimes. Yeah. It looks as if he's maybe doing a good morning. Yeah. Uh, and then you've only got to look at weightlifters when they, when they do a squat. I mean, they're, they're asked, it's like ask the grass material mm-hmm. when you see them doing squats because they're doing like front squats. Uh, their technique is perfect for squatting mm-hmm. and then you look at some some other guys I mean, I've done a, I've done a kind of a chart with up in Perth uh, a few years back and there's two guys said they had done can odd squat at 170 kilos I said that's great so I put them away to the side and out of the corner of my eye I could see him he was up to the, he was maybe bending his knees about three inches and then mm-hmm. coming back up I'm like, oh, this guy doesn't care what he's doing. So yeah. like, oh, that way, I don't, I don't want to, I didn't want to humiliate him. I didn't want to sound as if I was trying to humiliate the guy in front of everybody. Yeah. But, uh, how do I, actually, how do I explain to myself, explain to them that what they're doing is just ego lifting. Yeah. It's, they've stuck all this weight in this bar and they, they can't do nothing with it. It's, it's like the kind of funny memes you see on, on Facebook and YouTube and all that, all these guys in the gym. That's it. That's that's what these two guys were like, and I'm like, ah, oh, I can't handle this. So I can't do anything. Uh, I, I don't know. All these guys that go to places like this and do uh, seminars and things like that. How how can they actually cope with folk like this? Because it drives me. What it. Drives me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ego lifting. Get your, te- get your technique right. I, I dropped him right into the bar. That's the only thing I could do. I said, right, step it all down to the bar. I said, I'm working your technique. We're squatting, their feet were back to, together. Their feet were split virtually nearly. Like, but I kind of stand into attention, if yeah. you like. Yeah. Uh, and I, I explained to him, I said, right, open your legs a bit to a like, standing position, put your feet at, at 10 to and 10 past. And literally within... Two, two sets with a bar that we're getting down to depth and I say see the difference see the difference it makes with just changing your technique I say mm-hmm. you don't need to worry about the weight I say the weight will come I say, you'll get back up to that kind of weight literally I was away 5-10 minutes they were loading the bar again the <laughs> <half and half. laughs> I was going to say yeah, like oh thanks for the technique tip way back on finished <laughs> <laughs> Oh. You feel no better than I do. That's fine. Got to bye. So then, like one thing because we were talking about pretty interested in is, is like um, in terms of like another experience that you have in lifting, and it sounds like the, you know the environment you had and stuff was 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 excellent. Taking it like in your lifter or someone who was just starting off, like what. Like, what would be the main piece of advice you'd give them? If you were to give them a piece of advice? 
the main piece of advice I'd say is don't go online. <laughs> find, a, find a club that is if 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 you want to be powerlifting, find a club that's got powerlifters in it. Mm. If it's weightlifting, find a club that's got weightlifters in it. Uh, don't go online. There's so many, there so many experts. If you like, mm. I mean, uh, go to somebody that's got knowledge in mm. powerlifting. Some some personal trainers have got knowledge on bodybuilding. Some personal trainers have got knowledge on CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And just find somebody that's got them and find the, find the person that you want to be. If you want to do powerlifting, find a powerlifting gym or find a gym that's got powerlifters in it. Mm -hmm. uh, the best and find find an old find like an oldie or a master's powerlifter. Mm -hmm. Somebody that likes a likes myself. Arthur Cowley, uh, a guy called John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. I mean, John Maxwell, he's the first Scottish lifter to win a world championship. Uh, he's, he's the first world junior. I think he was the first British to win a, a junior, world junior championship. Mm. Uh, experience these guys have got a uh, second to none. And if you really want to know how to listen, ask the Lord, get a competition. Load, the bar. That's what I learned. Mm -hmm. That's what I, I joined the gym. I just, I was just training. Well, it was just making me squat, bench, and deadlift, and doing some exercises. Uh, but I can't. I was wanting to do powerlifting, so it made me load every competitions that I, that I could. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was loading the bar every comp that I could. I was actually lifting, and then I was loading. So I was doing my lifts. And then I would, and then I would go and load. I mean, you kind of let, you kind of get all your information there. You're on the platform. Mm -hmm. You get to count, you get to count the weights. You get to see what the referees are failing on, and the depth. You can watch the lifter. You see how far down he's going, whether he gets a red light or a, or a white light. Mm -hmm. uh, you see him in a bench press as he's stooping the bar, or or you get a, a red light for that. Mm -hmm. so why, why did he get a, a red light? The referees there, you can hear them. The best, the best place for information is to load, to load at a competition. Yeah. Or find, or find a part to the working gym, the weightlifting gym. Mm -hmm. And then, if you were to like, uh, in terms of like how you went through lifting, if you were to do anything differently in your like your own, your own training or how you approach things or. Um, yeah, something that you would do differently. Is there anything if you were if you think back? Eat less. Eat less. <laughs> it seems like it worked all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'm I'm happy with the things I went. I've I've not been to one of our world championship or European, but I'm happy with where I've I've came. I've, I've got to. I mean. I'm still going. I'm still determined to get a world championship. Mm -hmm. I'm still determined to win a European championship. So, nice. Uh, this guy, this guy's here. They've done. They've won a. They've won, won a Scottish, won a British, won a Europeans, and won a world. Mm -hmm. Where are they now? They've disappeared. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they've, they've disappeared. Also, I mean, I'm quite happy to keep going. I'll keep. I'll keep going until I win it. I'll be in a wheelchair squatting. 
Van a barok csámpincs. Nem a walking frame-t van. Még van, de Ik heb pas met mijn vriend te zeggen, de referee. Nou, goed, hij was. So, think, like, whenever, so if you're getting back into competing now, do you think then you'll be doing like a lot more competitions or pretty regular competitions? Aye. I think so, yeah. I definitely. But I'll be doing more competitions because you need something to focus on. There's no point just going into a gym and just training. It becomes it becomes boring. Mm. So it does. Uh, I've tried it. I failed it mm. numerous occasions. So I have numerous occasions I've tried just to train, and it doesn't work. <laughs> Pizza is more appealing to me than just going to training. So I need competitions to but focus on. Mm. Uh, I've got competition coming up right after so many weeks and then I'll, I've got to go to the gym. Uh, I think that one, I've, the fact it was the Westerns, the last one I, I competed at, yeah. I had literally went yep. to, I just changed, I just changed jobs. Uh, I was, I had been to the Watts night out, from home, steaming drunk, literally, couldn't you bite my toenails, couldn't you bite my fingernails or Slevin and but no, I entered the competition <laughs> and paid for it. I woke up the next day to the to the email confirmation. Thank you for your Ken. Thank you for your That is amazing. And good luck in your competition. I had me left it away and at least seven months, eight months. And I'm like, oh, what's this? Oh, what have I done? I went through went through all my what my bank details and there it was. Sure as hell I entered the I did at the Westerns. I was like, you absolute fool. You've no left it alone. I'm going to have to go to the gym now. <laughs> 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 so I had to go to the gym now. I ended up training. And the worst, the worst bit was I actually won. I won my class. Of course you did. Oh, yeah. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, shock. <laughs> The boy that came second, he was like, ah, I knew the minute you walked walked in that door, you would win. I was like, ah, I'm sorry. How long have you been training for? I said, it's four four or five weeks. He said, get lost. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Do you remember what you you lifted in that competition? Because I have it sitting in front of me right here. Honestly, I really don't think it's two. Oh well, or something. I squat it. Oh yeah, yeah. Two fifty squat, uh, one fifty bench, and two fifty deadlift at ninety-two point eight kilos, which is great. Which makes me feel fantastic about myself because I couldn't do that right now. Never mind. <laughs> like after after getting hammered and then training for five weeks. <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe I got absolutely smashed, and I was like, oh no, what have I done? I just I, it was a confirmation email. And then wishing me good luck. What? What's this? This is, a, this is one of these spam emails I'm making Scottish people with. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
That's like the best, purest, the purest powerlifter, like <laughs> drunken night story ever. <laughs> I know, I know. People are talking about their embarrassing nights out. You're yeah. embarrassing night as a powerlifter. What happened the next day? I beat myself in the competition. <laughs> oh, there's been a few embarrassing ones. There's been a few embarrassing ones. <laughs> that competition I went to in Waterford. Uh, we picked up at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, on a minibus at Glasgow Central Station we were driving down to Angle say for the ferry over uh, you, you remember Campbell uh, he was drinking in the bus from 6 o'clock in the morning all the way down to Waterford which was probably a 10 12 hour drive if no more uh, Steve, Stevie McQuaid he had, we, we stopped in our services and he's come running out of the toilets shouting to us all quick, quick get back in get back in Back in the bus, we need to go, we need to go. Well, how about strong, Stevie? I just get stuck in the toilets and I just collapsed all the cubicles. <laughs> Stevie's a big guy. Stevie's, Stevie's quite... get stuck in the cubicles and in the process of trying to wiggle out the cubicle because it gets stuck. See the, see the sides? They all collapsed in on them. <laughs> so, Campbell was absolutely bloated when we got to the hotel in Waterford, Southern Ireland, and he caused an accident. He caused a car accident because he was so drunk. He fell going in the hotel door. A woman seen him falling, and she looked out her side window and never, forgot, never seen the car in front of her. He stopped and smashed into the back end. <laughs> oh, Campbell had drunk at least two and a half liters of vodka, straight vodka. When that done it in. <laughs> It caused an accident or something like. And then when was the actual when was the actual comp itself? Like what what day was it? Like two the days. The following morning. Oh. The following morning. <laughs> and then we had a Scotland, not Scotland, Northern Ireland friendly. That mm. was maybe back in two thousand and nine or something like that. Uh, I went over and could not could not sleep. I said, "Stop, right? I'll get into the bar. I've got a couple of wee vodkas." Okay, I'm just to kind of relax me, and then I'll go back to my bed. Well, Stephen McQuaid was sitting there, and uh, I think it was quarter to four in the morning. I had to go back to my bed, and I was absolutely hammered. He was buying me drink left, right, and centre. I lost it that day with the biggest hangover ever. I've never felt so sick in all my life. I actually vomited on the platform as I was coming up with a deadlift. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, that's incredible! Did you did you win Absolutely. this as well? <laughs> right, I don't know. I can't remember. I honestly do not remember. Honestly, and to, to hear to hear you say, "I've never felt so sick in my life" after hearing about your bulk bucket and the the fact this was part of like so many training sessions, it must have been bad. Oh, it was really bad, really bad. Did you Can hit good numbers though? I think I struggled with 110, I think. I, it. I'm, I can't even remember the numbers, to be honest. But I think I'd, I'd done a squat at 220 and it was one of the biggest grinders ever. French <laughs> uh, press, I think, was 110 kilo. And by that time, I went for 240 in the deadlift and vomited. And I was like, nah, nah. I'm, I'm, I'm away. I'm going, I need something to eat. <laughs> oh. So... 
we had a, we thought they were going to ask you, which was, what was the silliest thing you've done to build up the competition? I'm pretty sure you just answered that for you. <laughs> Centre ref was. I don't. I, I can't even remember his face. I think it was just a lot of luck. In case you threw up on it, probably that's why, and you couldn't see it. <laughs> covered in sick. Um. I do remember him jumping out rather quickly, jumping out the way. Yeah, he yeah. stood up that chair and obviously he'll vomit. It was proper. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Um. <laughs> so, um. In terms of like with your 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 lifting at the minute, and you thought if you're you're back in a couple of weeks or and you're going to continue the lift, what's the like, what's the motivation you have at the at the minute, or, or what sort like what encourages you to continue on lifting? Like you're talking about guys that kind of just, just disappear after a while, and um, uh-huh. they like kind of hit like world standard and you never see them again. So what what keeps you what keeps you going? It keeps me going, probably the fact I can. I've still got a lot of knowledge to help others. You know, I, I, I love going to a competition to watch. If somebody comes up to me and asks me for advice, I love I love helping them out. Whether they take that advice on board or whether they just do what those two guys did in Perth, that's, that's up to them. <laughs> but uh, I've, got, I've got a grandson who it's, keeps, keeps undermining me. Like, I'm stronger than you, Papa. So... I've got, to, I've got to give him some sort of role model. Uh, but every time I lift a weight, I've, I've, I've got weights in my, my front room and he comes up and he sees me lifting them. He says, ha, that's nothing. Papa, watch this. And he lifts a wee kettlebell or something. Well, oh, you're stronger than me, son. So I've got to keep things like that. Kind of, be my kind of role model to look up to. And, and then obviously there's my mum my and dad. Uh, they went through a lot, especially as a junior. They supported me paid for comps and things like that and paid for my travel expenses and my dad kind of stepped in as a coach if you like when, when Wally disappeared uh, there is there is a few photos of him I hate my ears getting played with I, just, I really hate it uh, and you see my dad standing behind me digging his fingernail in the back of the he likes it in there in the lug he gets the fingernail and he Sticks it into my lug, and he knows I hates it. He knows I hate it. And if I was said, I mean, he got diagnosed with Parkinson's earlier on this year. So if I was said, I'm going to come back, and I'm, I'm winning a, I'm going to win a European in the world for him, uh, just to show him. Um, so that's what kind of keeps me going. And uh, yeah, between a, between a grandson saying I'm weak, and <laughs> my dad. <laughs> So, I've got that. And then, um, do, you, do you have like numbers or targets or things that you're kind of aiming for or that you you want to hit? See where you get to. Nah, I just kind of train away, see what happens. What happens, happens. Uh, when I get to, I'd like to get back to where I was. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to be back at 330 odd kilo within what, a year or so. That's going to. That's going to take me maybe five, six years to get back there. Uh, but I'm determined to get there. That's 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 probably my my only vision of what my only target, if you like, is to get back to where I was and try and get 
or to try and get a Masters world title, world European title. Because uh, likes of Bernie, he's he won the Europeans in the world. Yeah. Uh, the guy trains really hard, uh, trains by himself, uh, and he's really stuck into it. And he's 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 got he's got the reward for it, and big respect to the guy. That's kind of what I'm basing it on. And if he can do it, then so can I. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking looking at getting back to where I was. If I can get back to run about the 310, 315 squat, uh, 200 bench and a 300 deadlift, I'll be happy with that. So I'm not reasonably happy with that. Um, and then so you've got your club part of the meet. When did you say it was? Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sunday. <laughs> and, and then after that, uh, just what, what's your next one? I'll see if we can see what happens with this COVID, obviously, but maybe the Westerns, like, if, if they do hold competitions, then next year, get my back backside back into it. Mm. See what happens. Try and get my body weight back to the 93 kilo, no 180. The plastic bags are coming back out. Back into the bed. It's going to have to be a quarter quarter plate of <laughs> stuff this time. <laughs> a quarter kebab. Quarter kebab and six dull kebabs. All right, guys. So, uh, Thanks very much for listening for to our episode today. We had uh, Robert Love on, letting us know about his uh, his history and experience in powerlifting, competing at a very very high level, um, including lifting weights that he deems to not be freak weights or be achievable by achievable by anybody. Yet the rest of the world seems to find it extremely difficult. Um, if you like this episode, um, please subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, and share it over Instagram, social media, um, or Facebook, or any of social medias. And uh, we will catch you next week.